0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to the Anfield Index Podcast, episode two hundred and twelve. I'm Trev Downey, coming to you as ever from the AI Pro Outside Broadcast Centre in beautiful rural Ireland, and I'm joined for the following verbal sparring session by Carl Kopak and Cam Branch, while in the background, Uber knob Twitter, Guy Drinkle, is observing events. Now, we had a little bit of a hiccup at the start here. This is AIP212 Mark two, and I'm just going to go ahead and introduce my two muckers. And we'll start by saying hello and good evening to Carl Koppack. How are you, sir?
1: Well, I'm very well. I'm, I know I was, uh, my sound wasn't great last week. I had a cold and I also had some technical issues as well. So I have a new setup here and I'm going to um, make offer the debut of this microphone to the greatest sentence ever written in the human language, the human oh. language, the English language, even. And it's this. As a rule, you see, I'm not lugged into family rows. On the occasions when aunt is calling to aunt, like mastodons bellowing across the primeval swamp, and James's, Uncle James's letter about cousin Mabel's peculiar behavior is being shot around by the family circle, please read this carefully and pass on to Jane, the clan tends to have a tendency to ignore me. It's one of the advantages I have of being a bachelor, and according to my nearest and dearest, practically a half-witted bachelor at that. That line again, Trev. Just for you, on the occasions when ant is calling to ant like mastodons bellowing across the primeval swamps. That's magnificent writing.
0: That is absolutely glorious, and it, it has a familiar ring to it as it did when we uh, we reboot started just before this reboot. And like I said to you then, uh, maybe you should clarify for our listeners who exactly that is.
1: Well, it's written in 1923, and the man who wrote it is genuinely known by, by people who, who follow him, of which I'm one. Um, he's known as the master, uh, cause, just because he is. That's The Inimitable Jeeves by P.G. Woodhouse. And I beg anyone who hasn't read the Jeeves stories, and anyone who has a love of language, just please read it. There's a book called Right Ho, Jeeves, about one of Bertie's mates called Gussie Fink Nottle. Giving out um, prizes at a school prize a, a ceremony thing, and it's generally known as the greatest piece of extended comedy writing ever written. He's, he's just he's, he's just the language for me, I and love, I, you, I, 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 you, I love you, my you. language.
0: Here's the thing about PG Woodhouse, uh, uh Carl, and tell me if I'm wrong but I think he gets put into a category where people think it's kind of twee and yeah. sort of uh, old fashioned uh, old fashioned and, and 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 you know belonging to a certain type of uh, snobby upper class but the writing itself is ridiculously on point and you would not have had Two comedy, uh, geniuses, uh, TV geniuses of the likes of Fry and Laurie looking to, um, create a TV series around it if it hadn't been so good. And that, that's also worth a watch. I think you'll agree.
1: Well, Stephen Fry says that he believes in the three W's, which is Evelyn more, Oscar Wilde and PG Woodhouse. And he says about Evelyn, uh, sorry, he says about PG Woodhouse that no other writer has made him want to fall back and kick up his heels in ecstasy at every line. I'm just going to read that one more line. I did this in version one as well. Just because this is just a throwaway line to this. Jeez tugged my purple socks out of the drawer as if you were a vegetarian fishing a caterpillar out of a salad. That's a throwaway line. I'm, 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 I'm a, I'm a writer of sorts. And that would basically be the greatest line of my novel if I wrote that. That's a throwaway line. Yeah. Yeah. In in a short story. Just, Um, just
0: once more for, once more for the, the, the cheap seats.
1: I, sorry, uh Jeeves tugged my purple socks out of the drawer as if you were a vegetarian fishing a caterpillar out of his salad. Ah, oh, man.
0: Oh, man. Follow that. Well, the man who has to follow that is... <laughs> sorry, is, Cam. Is Mr. Cam Branch, who himself is having a purple sock-related incident in a, in a ridiculously beautiful synchronicity. Mr. Branch, it's as if... Carl had picked his his quote out particularly for you. You are having a bit of a sartorial nightmare, my friend. What's going on?
2: Yeah, um, earlier on when I was in, uh, um, just as listeners are aware, i my cousins in Romford, and I was, earlier, we were trying to record this, and I was upstairs in the box room, and we had serious Wi-Fi issues. I've now come down. Funny enough, you're not going to believe this, lads. I've kicked uh, my cousin and my mum out of the kitchen guess what colour the wall is next to me? Guess what colour some of the chairs are? Guess what colour the doors are on the lower part of the kitchen cabinets? What colour is the toaster and the kettle? I'll give you, um what colour is the mat on the kitchen table here? I'll give you one guess.
0: Would would uh, Prince be comfortable? I was going to say, are Prince's house?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I may well be. Oh, there's, there's even a Purple tray of some sort over there by the door.
0: Yeah, it and all, all of this, all of this beautifully matching stuff, and meanwhile you're letting the whole show down by having mismatched socks on.
2: Well, no, the mismatch is a bit of a, a a bit harsh there. What I'd say is one of them has faded more than the other, and the purple patch around the toes and the heel. Uh it's really odd compared to the other one. And I was like looking at it earlier and thinking This is wrong. This isn't me. I should not be having odd type of clothing like this, even though apparently I wear odd clothes according to everyone who sees me, but that's by the by. But um yeah, it was um it was quite unnerving really. Um I was tempted to take my socks off and come down barefoot. Maybe yeah, it's a, it, it,
0: it, a, dis- a disappointing, a disappointing turn of events for, for you to be involved in, my friend. I'm, 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 I feel a bit let down by all of this, to be honest with you. Will you try to rescue the scenario by giving us your quote?
2: Not a quote per se to this week. Um, something different, thanks to, uh, one of our fellow podcasters and a brilliant one he is at that. And that's Mr. Mr. Andy Wales. So he, he, um, asked me to, he posted a picture. And he 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 tagged me in this picture, and he said, "Any chance of a a mention for this in the main show?" And I thought, "I do as as wish." So here goes. Kodak Pocket Instamatic 60. From the name itself, the Kodak 60 selling point is its slim size. Its simple styling and design make it a no fuss camera. The quick snappers looking for instant photo ops it features a fixed lens, fixed focus lens mechanical shutter speed flash queue compatibility and a slew of other nifty settings well maps
0: <laughs> like sounds like quite the machine and uh i'm wondering uh, what exactly is going on on our podcast are you is this an ad
2: well if it if it is an ad I and mean, hopefully kodak are listening and um They will be so inspired by (laughs) what I've just said. Good God! They may well consider, along with all of our other sponsors, you know,
1: to ignore uh, us. (laughs) Pretty. Can I I ask a question? Do you mind? (laughs) Far away. How low is this barrel we're scraping?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think we're anywhere near
1: the bottom of
0: barrel. Oh, Carl, we we we, he's right. We we we've not even started to plumb the depths, my friend. Yeah. Oh,
1: Adidas Forest nothing. Hills, Jesus Christ! Adidas till, Forest Hills, I say.
0: Wait till uh, Wait till Drinkle starts getting his babe station quotes, and <laughs> we're in trouble. <Christ. laughs> we're we're banging trouble here. This, yeah. is, it's, it, it's, this is only going one way, and you know it. Uh, I mean, like to be honest, uh, uh, I'm I I I'm stunned by that, and I can only thank Andy for that. Completely surreal. Uh, interjection it's 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 remarkable it's remarkable uh, look we should we should try to move on with the show but before, before we do that <laughs> before we do this i'm i'm stunned by that andy Wales. i don't know what you've done here but it's it's brilliant you've thrown it you've thrown a right spanner at the works there andy god bless you uh so basically last week you fellas will remember that um I told the listeners I was on a bit of a quest to bring them all the very best of the very worst of the literature on offer to the world. And, of course, their feature began with the remarkable oeuvre of Steve Bruce. And our lovely listeners will be delighted to hear, or perhaps very, very saddened to hear, that poor old Steve and his big round head have had a very bad week. Very bad week indeed. In fact, our 57-year-old mucker is hurt because he feels he was hounded out of Aston Villa by fan power after two years in charge, there's references. Yeah. Sorry, Trev. Yeah.
2: He's only
0: 57. That's all, Cam. Yeah, I know. He was about (laughs)
2: 80.
0: I know. (laughs) know. He's not, he's not, he's not doing too well on a poor old state, to be honest. But, it was a reference to, you know, toxic atmosphere. There's, it it was a, it was a chaotic three-all draw, I think, that, uh, that, that pushed things over the edge. Fans, furious, venting their anger at, uh, at the, at the, uh, surrendering of a 2-0 lead to Preston. And basically, Cam, maybe you could fill in the listeners of what exactly happened to make this such a memorable sort of a uh, parting of the ways for poor Steve and Aston Villa. Well,
2: I've, I've never heard of an incident like this ever at a, at an English football ground anyway. Um, I've heard of some strange going-ons at, at the Milan Derby and scooters being thrown off from the upper tier to the lower tier onto the away pans and stuff like that. But this was quite remarkable in its own way in that a fan had managed to get a cabbage inside the ground and he decided he was going to throw it at Mr. Bruce. And um, it must have landed quite near Mr. Bruce because he he, he certainly referenced it uh, later on and, he was rather upset and he felt he was being disrespected. So, um, maybe the fact that you've only managed one win in nine before your sacking, um, was showing a bit of disrespect to the fans.
0: Yeah. And Carl, basically, poor Steve, he referred to the inverted commas mad few who wanted his head and his line. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's not quite PG Woodhouse, but he says, Unfortunately, it sums up the society we're in at the moment. There's no respect for anyone. I'm surprised he knew what a cabbage was. It's oh, almost Greg. like it's it's almost directly from from one of his novels. It's beautiful. Can you I just mean, put that
1: line in on its own and put it on a poster? Yeah. I'm surprised he knew what a cabbage was. <laughs> I mean, says the I've, former United legend. Yeah, I uh, cabbage gate. It's
0: it's 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 a bizarre moment in in our in our sort of. Shared cultural history on this podcast, and it led me to a simple question that I wanted to ask you before we move on uh to uh the joy that is the little Morrissey extract for the week then hey. we'll do fo- we 'll do some football folks i promise um, <laughs> but but uh, you know if you if you if you've been listening thus far to us and you're surprised that we haven 't got rented football yet i'm sorry but you just have not been listening uh I did want to know carl it 's a quick question if you wanted to register your uh absolute disgust and disdain from the terraces in a way that was sanctioned, okay, uh by 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 the powers that be. What would be your choice of vegetable or soft fruit to hurl at your uh your intended victim?
1: Roy Hudson. Uh let's go for pumpkin.
0: Well I like that you picked the uh the victim first and were very yeah.
1: about the fact that well, I'm good. trying to think of my worst ever experience with a manager. Um and I'd like to march across the pitch, and actually place the pumpkin across his entire head. Oh yes, even even, even just sort of um, land it there, so it's yeah. the whole thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. That'd be I, nice. I, I think yeah, exactly. It doesn't even have to be violent. Just sit it down, or uh, just sit it right down over old Hodge's. Yeah, there you go. Uh, uh, sort of uh, irritating expression face. And what about you, Cam? If you were to, for example, in the background. Guy is suggesting that he he would fire a stale squash, which is a good call, actually, because that's just going to be utterly disgusting when it bursts.
1: Um, what poof, would be- can, I, can I just say, I'm not having the fact that Guy knows what a squash is.
0: Hey, listen... Guy guy eats Toby Carvery. He knows what he's talking about.
1: No, that, that is true. He eats nothing but Toby Carvery.
0: <laughs> he, knows, <laughs> he knows what he's talking about when it comes to veg. Come on. Uh, Cam, if you were to choose a fruit or a veg to fire at your uh, your uh, chosen victim, tell me who the victim would be first. You can't have Haji. you got to pick someone else. Fat Sam. Oh, you're going for Fat Sam. That's a shout. Yes. And why are you firing at Fat Sam?
2: Uh, hopefully, he hates his fruit as much as I do. And yeah. that'll be Lychee's. Oh, I can't can't stand them. I was forced fed them in India because they're a fruit of choice out there, and they are, aren't they? Yeah, they are disgusting. Mm. So hopefully he'll be as disgusted as I am by it. But if he turns out and likes them, then I'll be disgusted.
0: Yeah. See if Uh,
2: I pick them up and start eating them.
0: Yeah, you've got. got That's you're you're playing a dangerous game here, Cam. You're playing a dangerous game. I don't
1: don't think Fat Sam would would, would have anything veg-related. No, meat, isn't he? he's a meat man, isn't he?
0: Gravy
2: meat with gravy.
0: He's yeah. not nibbling light cheese, that kid. No yeah. way, he's not li- nibbling light cheese. I guava. would go, I would go for um for guava, yeah. Guava, would,
2: Guava's
1: a rank, so I go for that as well.
0: I would yeah. go for our, our friend um, Colin Wanker. I can't think of his actual name. Neil, Neil Warnock There you go, Neil Warlock. Yeah. <laughs> I go for I, <laughs> I go for Neil Warlock, and I would fire at Neil Warlock a succession of overripe bananas because I think that's that's quite the impact. You've got a little bit of a sting and then it just sits down over your head. I've given this some thought as you can see.
1: Well let's finish say that because I've just been thinking for every manager there's a different type of fruit. You, you say ripe banana for 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 Colin Wanker. I, I immediately thought coconut. I don't know what that looks like, but it just is. <laughs> You're trying to knock him
0: out, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think there's a level of violence to your answer that I'm not quite comfortable with. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am. No, you are.
1: I'm, I'm very comfortable with that. No, I know you are. That man's a tit.
0: Oh, he is a prized tit. God bless him. And by tit, we, of course, mean the bird. Uh, yes. Now, after that little, uh, that little bit of a Brucey bonus ramble, uh, let's get back to the regularly scheduled programming that starts today. With my little contribution to the quotes of the week, and it is the sophomoric scrawling of Stephen Patrick Morrissey, who was once the leader of, let's be honest, a, a bit of a seminal band, a cultural entity of of serious note. The,
1: the, the, the greatest band of the 80s.
0: Yeah, listen, you said it last week, and I, I can't, I can't argue with you. I, 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 yeah. I have, I have, I, I lean a little bit heavily towards Nick Cave in most consequences and most situations, but the Smiths in the 80s they outweigh everything and. Now he's turned into some sort of tub-thumping little Englander. It's just tragic, as you said last week. So here is an extract from his book, List of the Lost, his, night- his story about a 1970s relay team in Boston who accidentally <laughs> kill a demon, which then curses the team and features uh, his central pair of, of, of lovers, Ezra and Eliza. Now, last week I promised you that I'd get round to this little uh scene of intimacy Um and listen this isn't going to go well with whoever is heavy breathing over this <laughs> this isn't going to go well so this is I was scene on of, mute this <laughs> <scene, laughs> is a scene of intimacy between Eliza and Ezra I, I want to read it because it is it really comes across as a sex scene written by a guy who has never done the sex so have a listen to this and just revel in its awfulness at this Eliza and Ezra rolled together into the one giggling snowball of full-figured copulation, screaming and shouting as they playfully bit and pulled at each other in a dangerous and clamorous rollercoaster coil of sexually violent rotation with with Eliza's breast barrel rolled across Ezra's howling mouth and the pain frenzy of his bulbous salutation extenuating his excitement as it whacked and smacked its way into every muscle of Eliza's body except for the otherwise central zone now whoa I, I, I honestly don't know whether to start with the bulbous salutation
1: <laughs> exactly that, that was my first thought
0: yeah. or the otherwise central zone or why is it whacking and smacking or any of that I'm just going to move away from this and go to football because I think it's done its job well,
1: then, I, 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 I was going to say that it reminds me of um, uh, the Big Bang Theory where just where he just refers to the physical act as coitus. You might as well just put, they had coitus. Yes,
0: but... And, and left it like that. But, but that that would be uh, solid grammar. Whereas yeah. whatever that was...
1: Bulbous salutation, possibly not. Amazing
0: I'm, stuff. I'm, I'm
2: just going to go
0: celibate. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly... That's man, the only
2: answer
0: uh, it's it's pretty much finished me off in uh, in terms of any interest in sex going forward as well. So fair play, Marcy. Thanks for that, pal. Um. So let's get let's get back to our Greatest football. the eighties. Shoot the fucker. The <laughs> yeah, the football has lots of stories. Now I know that you have issues and you want to talk about issues around Napoli. Issues around maybe the Chelsea games. Um, we should just start and it's just a kind of a it's just a, a, a comment I wanna make. I, it doesn't require any great any great conversation, but I just wanna put it out there as a kind of a I don't care if people think it's editorializing, I don't care. But just this statement from Juventus this, this evening is uh immensely problematic on the back of the, the stories that were breaking about uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and you know they've just come out with this statement. I'm just again, I'm just gonna leave it sit there and all I'm gonna say about it is The casual nature of it is a bit appalling and it's just beyond problematic and arrogant and uh, whoever whoever is in charge of that needs to rethink. They've said this evening, Cristiano Ronaldo has shown in these months his great professionalism and seriousness appreciated by all Juventus. The events, allegedly dating back almost 10 years ago, do not change this opinion shared by anyone who came into contact with this great champion. You know, it just has the bang of a crowd who are protecting their investment and zero interest in anything else. And, you know, like I say, I don't, I don't need you guys to comment if you don't want to, but I just, I, I it's around us, And it just need, I just, I just felt like that should be put out there. That, I'll, um, I'll, just, I'll
1: just say one thing. Yeah. If they hadn't made that statement, no one would have cared. So why do it?
0: No one would have cared in about.
1: No one's been sitting around waiting. Well, well, I'm not going to have any views on this whatsoever until Juventus give a, give a statement out. No, literally, no one is thinking that. Uh, it's, not, uh, it's, it's, it's nothing to do with Juventus at all. Why have they yeah. got to throw their hand into it?
0: Well, it, and and exactly, and what does it come back to? It comes back to that one idea that the only reason you would possibly do that is sort of commercial damage limitation, protection of investment, all that bullshit that makes you sort of squirm and hide away from the game at times. And it's just it's it's unfortunate to say the least. But on a good news story, commercialism. We've just signed a new uh, uh sponsorship deal with Axon. I know you love all that shit, Carl.
1: Have we? Oh, who were who
0: were AXA, sure AXA, the uh, insurance. Oh, the insurance people. people. Yeah, so we're 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 look- beautifully covered. It's 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 tremendous. Um, so I don't, I I have no idea, I have no idea what what's going on, but that apparently counts for news on a day when we've been uh, we've been uh, given a bit of a spanking in Europe. I mean, let's get into that and the match. Cam, you watched Napoli last night. Um You watched the game, I believe, with Mr. Tandon. I heard from I the, from the horse's mouth, I heard you were getting a very hard to control your frustrations. Um, um, yes. They were based around what specifically?
2: We were shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's to the point, this kid. <laughs> um, we were,
1: did he get, get a lot of media work, Cam? <laughs> yeah. oh, well,
2: LSC TV had me on, so uh, yeah, that's
0: of true. Quite frankly, quite yeah, frankly, I'm I'm not going to rest until you've a Guardian column on the back. Yeah, back. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that's remarkable <laughs> Well, stuff. alongside
2: Sacking, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, go, so no, go, go, I, I, I expand a little bit on we yeah, were the, the, the,
2: uh, I mean, since um, uh, Jurgen Klopp has taken over the club, that I think that's probably got to be our worst performance. I disagree uh, with that. I mean, I, the reason I say it's probably our worst performance, because you've got to look at the players we now have on that pitch. That set of players, we are saying, you know, I mean, only last week or the week before we were talking about this team's going places. You know, you, you, we think they're going to, you know, be challenging for the league. We think they're going to be challenging again. To be in the Champions League final and hopefully go one step further and win it this year, uh, or this season, sorry. Um, not with performances like that we wrote. I mean, they deserved to win last night. They were that second half performance. They were so superior to us in every aspect of the whole game. You know, the only guys to walk away with any credit, we, you know, it's been said on on many a pod now, is, is the is three guys at the back in Allison, uh VVD who made mistakes last night and Joe Gomez who was absolutely immense last night that lost the guy for the goal to go in so everybody made mistakes last night you know and, um, our, our passing was poor our, our pressing didn't really seem to be any pressing uh, we are as disjointed as I've ever seen there was no cohesion the what our game plan was, I'm, I'm not sure because it, it seemed to be just hoof the ball up to Mo, try and whack him in the chest and he'll do something magical from there when he's got a guy stood on top of him who's six foot five. Um, our midfield doesn't know what a forward pass is. It doesn't exist in their locker. Even when Hendo did a burst down the side and instead of crossing it, he passed it back for someone else to do it. It was atrocious from everybody. I mean Klopp, Klopp completely messed up when he had to take Nabby off. And by, when he took Naby off, he changed two positions. Because he then moved uh Ginny from a six to an eight and put Hendo in as a six. Why? You've got a game plan where at the start of the game is you, you, you're having Ginny as your six. Ginny is a better six than Hendo. Hendo is a better eight than Ginny. So why swap it around? If average Cam can see this, Jurgen can see this. And then when he brought Fabino on, he played Fabino as the six, saying he's better than Henderson then. And he'd moved Henderson to the eight. Everything Klopp did yesterday was wrong. He got it wrong completely. And the team, the way they performed on the pitch, they, they were, it was atrocious. And we got to only lose one nil was, a blessing in the end i guess because it could have been three
0: or four quite easily. yeah yeah no listen just as well I, I understand you're getting a lot off your chest there and and, and and i was happy to let you run with it thank you but but, but you know it's important as well for uh a, a smidgen of perspective to to creep back into it before i go across to carl to get his take because you know you're talking there in sort of um Blanket terms about uh, the midfield and inability to forward pass and all the rest of it. Now, whereas, uh, uh, you know, I understand that's kind of in the context of this game. I do get that. What I would say to you is... What is it? And uh, Jurgen's come in for a bit of stick about this, and he's come in for a bit of stick about it in the, pa- in the past as well. And it's, as you said, if it's the kind of thing that even just like, you know, amateur observers like yourselves can see that, you know, when Alden, when he's in one of the advanced positions, can often go while. that uh, Henderson, when he's in the holding position, just is not the player that we need there, uh, in terms of, of, of what he can contribute, uh, versus where he could, what he can contribute when he's in one of the advanced roles. Um, it makes you wonder a little bit, um, that uh, it's not about saying we know more than the manager, but let's not be idiots about it either and completely discount our own opinions. What is it that's going on there? Do you think what, what, what is it that makes him insist on every time he's got the chance or the, um, the captain on the pitch, that he will pretty much play him there. And what what did you notice, for example, in the few minutes when Fabinho was sitting in towards the end of the match in that defensive position? Because what I noticed was that uh, Mr. Henderson actually looked like he was willing to drive on and got over a, a decent ball and took on a few lads uh, going forward. And it seemed to work. It seemed to suit him better.
2: Well, if you even just go back to um, the Chelsea League Cup game when Hendo came on, he came on as an eight, and for the first 10, 15 minutes, he was he was full of energy, he was full of fire. Even one of the previous games before, I think he came on uh, as a sub sort of later, later in a game, and he came on as an eight. And he was he's, he's, he's naturally more suited to that position. It's almost a square peg, round hole scenario with Hendo as a six. And he has played well there at times, and he hasn't been prolific with his forward passing. His, his passing has always been about the safe pass, the, the you know the retained possession. But last night it didn't work. And if it's not working, and it doesn't work after 15, 20 minutes or whatever, or in the second half you can see it's not working. Why didn't Klopp just change it around? Let me try something different. Where's the in-game management? There wasn't any you know, mm. To bring on Daniel Sturridge in the 88th minute, well, you know, the guy's just scored one of the best goals you'll ever see. His confidence must be sky high. It's nil-nil. We might still be able to nick a win here. Send him on with 15 minutes to go. What harm can it do? 88th minute.
0: Yeah, and and, and if you were to if you were to. Single out one of the front three that you probably wouldn't have taken off specifically because of the work rate they were putting in, specifically because of the uh, uh, energy that the, the the fella has in terms of trying to do his bit defensively as well. It would have been Sadio Mane. That's the guy you would not take off of uh, you know across that front three. So there were there were a few calls that I, I think just caused eyebrows to go up. And again, it's not about saying we're better than the manager, but Carl. I mean, just to get you to weigh in on this, what what what's what what was it that was sort of um, uh, getting your goal about that particular game, if anything? I mean, were you able to kind of dismiss it as, look, uh, you know, it is what it is, we move on, or are you are you finding your, find yourself a bit annoyed still about
1: it? It, it? it is that, to be honest. I mean, this is a... I mean, I accept everyone who comes points there. I can't argue with any of them at all. Um, I thought the forwards were quite poor, um, particularly Firmino and um, Salah. Um, although they could see what they were doing, but they, they weren't engaging with the rest of the pitch. And, and, and that, that's exactly what we accused PSG of doing when they came to Anfield of having three forwards, at least 40 yards away from the midfield. And I, I don't think that's a deliberate thing. I think, I think this really does need saying, to be honest. I thought Napoli were brilliant. I thought they were absolutely excellent in everything they did last night. And we very nearly got out of that with a nil-nil draw, although by, literally by the skin of our teeth. I, I was counting seconds coming in just thinking, just get, just get the nil-nil lads. That's all you need to do here. And we got done in the last minute when, when Robbo didn't see the runner go past. And, you know, it's, it, it, that happens occasionally and the striker's quite good. Um, I thought the front, t- um, the front three were poor. Uh, Mane was the best of them, but not by much, only because he came back and helped out occasionally. I think the reason why he didn't bring storage on until then was because I think he, Klopp was completely undubbed by the Kaiser injury. I wasn't expecting that. And I think that basically, I mean, the commentator, did anyone notice this tonight? The commentator said last night, um, when Napoli made their first substitution, he said, and here's the first substitution of the night. Yeah. Cause he, cause you completely forgot that Kaiser had gone off. Yeah. And um, I, I think that really undid his mojo, to be honest. I thought Klopp's thinking, right, that's one down immediately. I've only got two to play with. I'm going to hold as much as I can while we're at nil nil and then try and win it. Then, you know, you put storage on and we lose. But, um, three no fault of his, it should be said. But, um, is it the worst performance I've seen under Klopp? No, because that was, that was the Europa League Cup final when Liverpool were abject from start to finish, um, despite one of the best goals I've ever seen.
0: Spurs last season wasn't too clever either, let's be honest.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, there is that. But, you know, we did, we did, we, you know, we did score, but, um, I just think it's, um, oh. I think it's just one of those, like, the problem I've got with this sort of thing is that's gonna happen occasionally. Every now and then you're gonna play a team where you think this is, this is literally us against them. I think PSG away is gonna be the same thing, to be honest. It's gonna be a, you're gonna lose narrow games, because Liverpool are a good side, but that's the side that nearly won the screws after last year. Let's not kid ourselves with that. They are no mugs. We're not gonna go there and win 4-0. You know, it'd be nice if we did, or or, you know, got a 3 0 lead or anything like that. That's a hard place to go and play football. But I wouldn't really, so that doesn't really bother me that much. That's like, we for a start, we've got to play Red Star twice, and they just got battered by PSG. I don't think we lose in Paris. I've got no worries about us going through. Um, What what always surprises me, and I don't know why, is the extremes people go through. People, you know, saying, "Oh, God, it's terrible now." You know, this needs sorting out. We haven't got, right, we haven't got going this season. We're fucking top of the league, for God's sake. Um, and you know, we're not playing to the best of our ability, but we're still no mugs. And last night, everyone had a night off and including the manager and his backroom staff. I've got no question of that whatsoever. Um, but if that's nil nil, I was very close to thinking that's a 1970s European away game. Cause God, we were dreadful away from home then and we all loved it because sometimes you have to do that. Yeah. Um, so I quite like the fact that we like, you know, we, we dug it and we nearly got away with it, but, um, we were nothing like good. I, I think,
0: I think that's a wonderful shout. And I think just to stick with it, with that point and go back to you on it for a second, because I do like the context of looking at the past and different teams that have been successful. And that would have been the most enjoyable point ever attained if we yeah. had managed to do it. And you would have looked at Joe Gomez and, 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 and brought him around on one of those sedan chairs because the guy was a freaking hero. Allison was a hero. Van Dijk was very good, but only those three. The rest of them, you'd have said, you get on now and have a shower, lads, because you've been muck here. And if we could have gotten away with that, Carl, it would have been the most glorious robbery. And here's the thing. We are a tough side to score against. Yeah. And they, and as you said, they were good last night. The stats in the second half embarrass us. Yes, yeah. it's, it's the most outplayed we've been. And and that's predominantly because most of our lads didn't show up on the night in the way that they always do. And you know, it was a hor- horrendous coincidence of many bad performances or under par performances and a sort of an eye off the ball uh, episode with the manager who's been very good in in his in his in his dealings recently. You take all those things together, and we still nearly got out of there. That says a lot about this side.
1: Yeah, ton, tons of character, and you've got to go back to Saturday as well about this and, and the you know the, the character that was shown then, because we're about to lose our first league game of the season, and you, we, you lose that game, which with you know with the game we've got to come on, on Sunday against against West uh, Man City, and suddenly two defeats against two of the top three, and suddenly you start to think, hang on we only the third best team in England when you're trying to be the first and that can get in your head so I think I thought I thought last night was a bit of a hangover from, from Saturday which was so exhausting I went to Stamford Bridge and those lads crawled off on their teeth they were absolutely dead in the water For me, Firmino last night for the last 20 minutes you might as well put me out there, he, was, he wasn't chasing at all because he was exhausted and it's a mentally exhausting thing as well, I don't, I don't think anyone appreciates this quite as much as they should really Football is a mentally exhausting game. Everyone wants to play for Liverpool, but it's just knackering. Especially when you're playing against you know, um, uh, an Ancelotti side, who they just think and think and think, and they will put the ball where you don't want the ball to go. And that's a really, really difficult thing to get across. Yeah.
0: And and, I mean, and, 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 just to reverse back to you, Cam, let's have a bit. That's a good point, Carl makes. Let's have a little bit of freaking context here. Let's recall that this is the end of a run next Saturday or Sunday, is it? Whatever day it is that start, you know, that goes Spurs. PSG, Southampton, Chelsea, Chelsea, Napoli, and then City. Let's remember that if we can get away, and I don't know, you, you tell me if I'm wrong or right here. If we can get away from, from this run with any kind of result on Saturday or Sunday, whatever the Sunday. hell day it is, Sunday, Sunday a, a against City Cam, I think we have managed that s- a sequence of fixtures gloriously. And the exit from the the, the the minor cup competition and the Champions League defeat uh, take on a completely lesser significance for me.
2: will have exceeded expectations if we get something from the game on Sunday. Because, if, like you say, you look at those fixtures and the fun of um, um, one of the uh, Dirty Manx, uh, my nephew... He goes to me, fucking hell, you boys have had some games, haven't you? And I went through the games and I forgot the PSG. And he goes, oh yeah, don't don't forget about the PSG game. That's probably the biggest one of the lot you had up, up until that point. I was like, oh yeah, shit, I forgot about the PSG game. And you're right, it, it's been a hell of a set of fixtures we've had. And um, aside from the last two results, really, I mean, last Wednesday was irrelevant. Um, and... You know, we we could have won on Saturday. From you know, I was listening on the radio. I didn't get to see the game, and we had opportunities to win on Saturday. And we could have taken we could have taken three points. You know, and to get to get a point from the position we were, that's almost like a win because that's going to knock something out of Chelsea's sales as well now because they're going to be thinking, damn, we've dropped two points, two big points.
1: Well, well, I can I can tell you that every single person in the away end celebrated that goal like it was the winner. It absolutely went off. It was fantastic to be in, in that. So to such an extent, with, I ended up standing on my mate. I have no idea how he got down there. <laughs> he, he, he just did. Um, and, and also, I think this new saying as well, Cam, sorry to interrupt, That's funny. Is, is we can see the last-minute goal last night. We, this season, we, we've actually scored two last-minute goals, which have been yeah. all right. So, you know, yeah, it yeah. happens. You know, the, as we know more than anyone else, these things happen for me you know, against the, um, PSG and, and storage on Saturday. Um, yeah. It happens occasionally, so I, I just I'm, I'd like to, to approach that with a little bit of caution.
0: Well, uh, just just to say to the two, you know, and you've brought it up. I mean, that's a good point that that that's, that you've raised there. And I I, I was saying it last night on the, on the on the raw pod. Basically, we have the happy knack of scoring at the right time, whether it's just before half time or before the end or a last minute win or whatever it is and last night we basically just got Liverpooled. That's how I, I, yeah. I looked at it. We were we were done over by a team who deserved the win and pulled out the goal at the most you know opportune moment. And they just it, we we weren't mugged, which I said last night it was the wrong word. We were deservedly beaten by a team who had done enough to do it. I mean, the statistics for the match are just. Appalling. I don't know if you looked at it afterwards, but I mean, just to 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 look at the um the 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 uh the the bare stats of the match. I mean, it was. I I don't think we've been outplayed like that ever. I mean, certainly not for many 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 moons under Klopp. Like basically, fourteen shots to four. Uh, in terms of 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 Napoli's superiority. Um, of of that they had they had. You know better, better in each of the minor categories of in box, out of box, and all, re- all the rest of it. They had fifty-seven percent of the ball, um, which, again, considering it's us, isn't doesn't doesn't reflect too well. Um, you know, they won more of the aerial duels. They 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 made eleven interceptions to our seven. They were just so much more on it and. Here's what I wanted to say, and it's a thing I asked Jan Mulby earlier on and Mulby on the spot, and I want to run it past the both of you. Is there anything to be uh, worried about in terms of, and it's not. let's not pick out individuals here, let's talk about unit and style of play, but is there anything to be worried about in the way in which Chelsea completely swamped our midfield, especially in the Carling Cup game where it wasn't our first choice midfield, okay, But they were able to play little triangles around us. We spoke about this the last day, and Napoli maybe weren't playing that kind of a neat football, but they were absolutely dominant. They were just dominant. They it it often looked as if they had a player over. And is is it is it a, a, a some sort of a fatigue issue or what do you? I'll go to you first, Cam. I'll come back to Carl. What what what? How do you explain that us being sort of outplayed in that way?
2: Um, The biggest take for me was uh, well, with last night's game was the way Napoli played they didn't allow us to press them even though they had more possession. They were really good at that and I don't know if that was down to fatigue I'm not sure what it was and the worry then was for me was if we can't press and we can't win the ball high up and get the ball quickly to our front three and our midfield lacks that drive and creativity what are we then going to do um what we are then going to do was reflected in how we played last night now i think Carl was right a lot of it is that they're they're knackered but then you know this is where the rotation issue needs to be looked at better and the sports science of it and we we know how great klopp is and the team are on that you know and um the fatigue of, of the players and maybe they would they just ran out of steam last night but they just got one big game coming up on Sunday and we really need them firing on all cylinders but like I say going back to it my thing my worry was they they stopped us pressing them and if we can't press them what we're gonna do after that and that's where we missed that boy who's gone somewhere else and maybe you know obviously we were looking at getting the in and he would have been you know what an option on, on a day like this would have been a suitable player for us you know and it's when we miss the likes of uh, uh Alex oxley chamberlain as well because he's the player who drives at the opposition defense from from midfield
0: but like let's be honest um isn't that what Naby Keita was brought in to do and also yes also you know isn't it also a little bit about what you were chatting about earlier on isn't it about the configuration of the people that we do have and you know if you put all of that together my take and maybe it's just maybe it's rose tinted lads but i just feel like that was a bad night at the office and you write it the hell off because too many of our players played badly and that doesn't happen i don't see it as the start of a a, a lurching into a bad run i just don't see it i understand that, that there's been no i agree uh, with that i
2: agree you know, with you
0: that i i i just I, 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 uh, we said this last week we said this after the cup game looking forward to the um, to the to, to, to the league match this will be a completely different beast at the weekend a, a lot of lads will have a level of mortification about their performance um in, in, in on um, last night against against napoli the manager Will certainly be proactive in whatever it is that he's going to be doing, and I just don't see anything taking hold. Maybe I'm, would you 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 do agree with that, Cam?
2: Yeah, I totally agree, and don't forget um, another big factor for Sunday is is the crowd at Anfield. They're going to be phenomenal. They will be really up for it because it's at the end of the day, it's the, the League Champions are coming to town, and we and we we you know we've got a. Good record against them. And I know, I know I've said before, previous records don't count for much because ultimately it's about what happens on the day. Um, but I think the crowd have got a huge part to play on Sunday. And if Anfield is rocking and it, and I mean rocking, that lifts the players immensely. It gives them an extra two or three percent. And, and it's a, it's going to be a game of fine margins and that two or three percent could be vital.
0: And there's another two or three percent in the head of the managers, because if you look at last night, maybe Carlo Ancelotti might feel he's a little bit of a of a, a, a superiority over Jurgen Klopp in their past um, uh, interactions. Uh, and that may like I, I don't think our man gets too worried about that type of stuff, to be perfectly honest. But if if there's. Unless I'm very much mistaken, it's been fairly evident that Pep Guardiola has allowed Jurgen Klopp to occupy brain space in the past and he changes his, his teams to, um, suit Liverpool when the opposite never happens. I think that is another little two or three percent. And Carl, there's a final two or three percent. Um, and it's to do with this controversial, um, bus issue where city are going to keep their route into Anfield a secret.
1: Oh, for God's sake.
0: Um, despite being reassured by Merseyside police that there will be no repeat of the incident, saw fans attack the bus last season. Uh, now I don't know about you, but I've said this earlier on to Ian Molby. I like your take on it. I think you're going to agree. If far from having a secret route to Anfield, if that, if I'm Pep Guardiola, I'm marching my players down, walking down that yeah. length. I'm walking them down there, yeah. and you you know that nothing's going to happen except a little bit of uh, uh, comments and catcalling, and I'm going to front that up and I'm going to say you don't scare us, you don't intimidate us. Now they're coming a secret route. I don't know. I think that's already psychologically, no matter what you think of it, it's a bad move for them.
1: Well, also, there's only three routes to the ground. Exactly. We're, 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 we're going to be there anyway. It's in the middle of a bloody council estate. Fucking so, zip you know. line. They're getting you, a zip do, line. Do you reckon it's them? What do you mean that massive two million pound bus coming through? Yeah, it might be them. Yeah, that's just that's just ridiculous. but can, can I can I go back to something that we were talking about? You know, is this Liverpool under, in crisis or is this a um uh you know just one, one of those days in the office? They kept saying on the telly last night, and this this made me smile. Liverpool now haven't won in three games.
2: <laughs> yeah, let's,
1: let's, yeah. Let, let's look at those three games, shall we? We were poor last night. We deserved to lose. Fair enough. Strike that one off. I didn't feel like we we I I, I was not jumping around um, the shed at Stamford Bridge thinking, oh, we didn't win this game. Chelsea were fantastic against us. Fair enough. And the other one was a cup game we weren't interested in because we played that side. So uh, we got beat last night, and that that and that's it. It's it's gone. It's finished. When we play Napoli at Anfield, then we'll see. Because the crowd will make a difference. Um, and Napoli, Napoli do travel and they will be loud at Anfield, but we're going to go big because they beat us. That's what happens. But, um, the city thing's really interesting to me because I just don't see why they keep going on about the bus thing. Surely you just do the opposite and say, yeah, that happened. And then you just carry on. But the fact that they keep bringing it up all the time, it shows to me that it's in their head, not ours. Oh, absolutely. Surely, absolutely. Because surely wouldn't you be saying, um, oh yeah, yeah, they did this, but you know, we're going to Anfield in in confident mood. No, oh, do you remember they did that? Mm, that wasn't good, was it? It's, so <laughs> it's stupid. Yeah. And, that, it's and that's Stuart Brennan of, of you know the Manchester Evening News. Oh God, mate, just seriously have a look at your life. You're still going on about that. It was it was months ago, and oh, it wasn't great. It wasn't great, and uh, that you know that that, that happened and everything. But jeez, how long have they going to go on about it? They've got the best side in fucking Europe, for God's sake! You know. I'll be yeah. talking about that a bit. You know, <laughs> the fact that David Silva's scoring goals like he is, and you know, Sterling's having a great time. Sadly, Imane can barely get into the side. Bernardo Silva's been fantastic this season, but what about that coach? Come on, really? Yeah. We're not falling for that, are we? It's
0: it's it's a weird one, and like I say, I, I just uh, I, to me it just says that there's an element of. Of, uh, as you said as well, they're, we're, we're in their heads a bit. There was, there was a glorious, um, little interaction there from, w- between some of their fans where, uh, the initial thing was, was that, that, that initial tweet talking about the boss came up and all of the responses to it were from city fans going, oh God, the, this lot, you know, we'll be lucky to get away with it. I think they have a general, genuine fatalism about their games with us because, we have blown them away at times. Uh, we've like not just beaten them. We've like trenched them on occasions and they have this. I would imagine still semi fragile. Well, the older fans will have still a semi fragile, semi ty- typical city.
1: If they used to call it typical city.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but 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 the, just a sense of who they are and what where they belong because you know they go and they they have a bad night in Europe as well and it's, it it like <laughs> it's it's an interesting one I think it's a, I think it's set up beautifully uh uh, uh, uh uh as an encounter at the weekend and I'm, I have to say I'm massively looking forward to it it will leave me very much in a downer I have to say if we go into the bloody international break with anything other than a result of some sort but. Hopefully we're wet, we're set fair to achieve well, you, that.
1: You say that, but we need to see if James Madison can play in England's midfield. We need to see that as a nation.
0: We do need to see that.
1: Yeah. Fuck's yeah, sake. Yeah.
0: yeah. And also, uh, over, over my side of the pond, we're still waiting for uh, little Declan Rice to make up his mind if he wants to play for Ireland or England. Imagine. He's player,
1: he's player, Declan Rice.
0: Yeah. Well, but, but I mean, uh, uh, can I just like go on the record and say that? Listen, if you're having to think about it, mate, I'm not arsed about you. Just do what you want. Seriously, like I mean, I, I I don't understand the the tolerance. Oh, you know, it's a big decision. Jesus Christ, how big is it? Surely you must feel an affiliation one way or the other. It's clearly a a, a tactical decision that you're making to see, well, I wonder if I'd be highly rated enough to play for England. In that case, I really don't want you wearing a green jersey. It's a strange one.
1: Well, if, if only he had an Irish name or something. You no, know, that might swing
0: the balance a bit. Wouldn't you think? Yeah. Wouldn't you think? I, Cam, I have a little, a little, uh, something to run past you. And again, I don't want you to libel yourself, but, uh, interesting, isn't it? To see Kevin De Bruyne coming back from Pep's chum, uh, uh, abroad, um, quite ahead of schedule. Uh, his ligament damage was supposed to be keeping him out for at least three months. And here he is back after only a number of weeks. It's, uh, it's interesting, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think you know what I think that I think that's a very wise monosyllabic answer because we've uh, we've put we've put ourselves. We, I, I've already put us in the way of a bit of this earlier on, in my events. Yeah. As well. So um, yeah, well, actually, we'll leave it at
2: that. We'll
0: one thing I that. one thing I did want to throw out to you and I'll I'll, I'll say it to yourself first, Cam, seeing as I, I've just been chatting. Yeah. Like one thing that was, 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 was interesting to me and a lot was made of it, Cam, was the, um, the interaction between Sarri and Klopp. And, you know, I suppose it comes into sharp focus because of the situation going on with our sour-faced chum down the East Langs Road, uh, and the comical crack that's going on there with, with Sanchez sulking and, and Pogba and himself in training and all that stuff. And it's tremendous fun for us, of course, but there was, it, it wasn't it nice in a kind of a, ah, that's pleasant, to see two top-level managers whose teams have been going right at it for two games in a row, and they're just kind of having the crack at the end. They obviously enjoyed each other's company. They probably don't speak a huge amount to each other. It's just mutual respect. There was something about that that was, like, it shouldn't be that tough, but we don't see
2: that very often. It's refreshing. It was a uh, just a nice change of scenery, you know. Um, it's, uh, it's almost like the mutual respect, uh, two great fighters will have They where they'll go 12 rounds at each other, you know, trying to beat the living daylights out of each other. But at the end of it, they'll just shake hands and say, yeah, good fight, lad. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and it's as simple as that. It's like, it's almost like, you know, rugby. They 80 minutes, they'll, they'll batter the hell out of each other. And then they'll just go and have a pint afterwards yeah you know i mean it's just refreshing um it's just nice to see you know you don't need to be an arsehole
0: that's it and I, like i i've got no problem with needle i i quite enjoy it um, yeah, i know you nice. do, I, know, I know you do yourself but yeah. it, 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 I, I don't know it was just such a it was shockingly unusual to see two lads with big wide beaming smiles Each could have had a little bit of an issue with the other about certain things that happened over the course of the game or they could feel like we were robbed or whatever the hell ever. But there was none of that at all. It was just, you know, yeah, good game. We move on. And I I found that very, very, very uh, refreshing indeed, as you say yourself, Cam. And Carl, one thing as a resident media expert, uh, sorry, mafia expert, I wanted to run past you. What do you think of the get up? Of Mister Sari and the way he wears that tracksuit, kind of open down down the, the the center a bit. Doesn't he look like he's just smuggling in some salami and bread, Goodfellas style, into the prison?
1: He's got to meet the guy by the port at six thirty.
0: It's remarkable how he manages. Yeah. It's he's always got a fag on, right? It's yeah. the glasses. It's the the the, the, the tracksuit top open down so low. He fully looks like he's just going to join Paulie. And all the boys in the prison in, in Goodfellas and cook up an amazing sauce.
1: He's, he's going to meet some friends off the off uh, the plane coming in from Malitalia.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. The, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's the Love panda heist for sure. Yeah, I, I, my,
1: my cousin. He's going to meet my cousin getting off the plane. That's how they was called the uh, the Italian I, I, assassins. And
0: I, I, I It's it's not it's it's not. I'm not trying in any way stereotype here. He just has that absolute go of him. It's 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 quite. Well,
1: I, I also said he looks like the sort of man who knows every. every the name of every staff member in Labbrooks on his high street. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. He, he, he's, he likes a little buddy pencil behind his ear. That man. Yeah. Just I,
1: I, I'm, I'm, one day I'm going to see a pencil behind his ear. Maybe <laughs> he's going to do a half time team sort with the, with the racing post on his lap. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> just, just calm the things out. I really, I like. Sorry, I must have. I just really like him. He just, I, I, I like the fact he enjoys the game, and that's the nice thing about. I mean, to be honest, I prefer management needles, not management friendship. I mean, that David son telling Wenger to piss off is still one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. Nice, oh, yeah. Um, was... uh, at, at the at the penalty, in 2012, but um, brilliant, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, I, I do like when you know they have a little bit of a laugh together, and you know, and it was, it was the fact that they just by the end of it, just friends. Jesus, how good is this? Yeah. And that, that and that's what it was. This, these two sides are something else. They really are. I could, I could wax lyrical about Chelsea, or I thought Rudiger really was fantastic, and it, it, it was just genuinely nice to sort of appreciate. One thing I did like, though, I don't know if this came up well on telly when uh, Hazard scored, he, he was giving a bit to Liverpool fans as he celebrated, and, which I didn't understand at all because we has got no problem with him. He had an, It didn't pick up on the telly at all. But when he when he scored, he ran past the away fans. He slowed down and very slowly sort of pumped his fist. Before huh. he got to his own fans. You got a huh. bit of stick for that. I thought, what was he doing that for?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, I, uh, yeah I, I didn't see that. Because obviously, as you say, the cameras didn't pick up. Yeah, it's, it.
1: it's not being picked up at all by anyone. For all the, the, you know, the, the, literally the first three rows where we were.
0: Yeah, that's a bit weird. That's a bit weird. I, I have to say, I have a, a, a natural and completely unjustified antipathy towards that man. I don't know what it is. Maybe I just quietly fear his ability or something on the park but i, I don't know that it doesn't surprise me is, is all I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'll leave it at
1: that well I like the fact <laughs> he's named after Mickey Hazards, the former Chelsea player
0: of course he is. that's it of course he is yeah I, yeah. Prefer,
1: I prefer Mickey to Eden yeah <laughs> there's, there's one for the teenagers they love that
0: <laughs> <laughs> they love all that they love yeah.
1: <laughs> they love good yeah, yeah. oh good
0: we've got two no we've got two two uh, the fellas talking about Mickey Hazard they we're away with it it, great. It, it
1: it was John
2: Bumstead last week <laughs>
1: now,
0: we've moved, now we've moved on to Mickey Hazard <laughs> well
2: Mickey uh, and Glenn in the midfield were you know they were, yeah. they were a good
1: combo yeah Jesus Christ <laughs> <laughs> next week yeah, on IU Chelsea yeah, I, yeah, I, 1976
2: now that we've mentioned the uh, sort of gone Spurs way just a little shout out was it Chaz who passed away yeah,
1: yeah I think it was
2: yeah. I used to it was it yeah it was I used to enjoy a bit of the, the Pearly Queen, when it was the FA Cup final and all that, and they used to be there, wouldn't they, on the piano in the pub, singing the tunes. I used to enjoy that back in the day. Can I, can I tell you a Chas and Dave
1: story? Love to hear a Chaz and Dave story. I went to see, me and my mate Matt went to see the Libertines. Um, it was the day, one of the days where Pete got let out of prison, and they played Kentish Town for him. Um, and it was in the same night that he met Lisa Moorish, uh, who Pete later had a child with. And it's a friend of mine on Twitter. She's a lovely woman. And um, Pete, um, they chose Chaz and Dave as the warm up act. And it was all these really, really hip kids walking around with their Coldstream guards jackets on. Because the limousines were on the cover of the first album. All looking really, really, you know, sort of cool and brusque, etc. And i um, welcome the second band of the night, Chaz and Dave. And they're all looking, oh yeah, great, all nice and arrogant. Me and my mate Matt ran down the front. <laughs> absolutely ran down it's the best support slots i've ever seen in my life and they did a song called it's like a honky tonk song called um there's a bleeding riot going on down the road and pete doherty broke convention because obviously the main band stay back and, and they're announced pete doherty ran onto the stage and joined in and it was literally the song at, at, um, it's one of those songs those cocky songs which go "whoop" every at the end of every line yeah, of and course. He just went, and he just went on and this. all these hip kids so they start jumping around because Pete's on stage and suddenly Chas and David's end hip. Oh, see, mate, what a gig that was. Oh, that sounds actually beautiful.
0: It does yeah. sound beautiful.
1: Yeah, I would have gone over then to be honest. I mean, I like, I like the scenes I love the first album but uh, I would have I gone home quite happily having seen him do Margate and Snooker Loopy as an, as an encore.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, wow. Snook
1: wow, wow. Wasn't,
0: wasn't there one called Rabbit as well?
1: Rabbit. Yeah, Rabbit. Uh, Rabbit yeah, there was a song Rabbit, called Rabbit. Beer, Rabbit. beer Belly. Um and uh, the Rate no please in you which I think is a very very underrated song I I genuinely love that song
0: uh, sideways uh, that have you seen that picture of Pete Doherty eat, uh, eating some sort of a challenge breakfast Yeah yeah
1: <laughs> I've got I've got I've got one I've got one issue there so I hope we'll be bringing it some at some point Who the hell puts chips on a breakfast uh, Yeah you see it you do see it Yeah uh, it's it's a, it shouldn't be allowed I'm not having that Ch- Chips is not a morning meal. Yeah, it's like the way, like yeah, the way in Greece they, you, they put they put warm cucumber on your breakfast if you've had you veggie in, in Greece. Don't got, don't you have like fried
2: potatoes
1: with? You do, like
0: you do. If you, through, you, know? you, you do in America as well. I had that in yeah, New York. So. Well, if if you if you go for a a cooked breakfast option anywhere in the British Isles, you're gonna get, uh, and it's absolutely in Ireland, you're gonna get, uh, uh, you know, you go through the various containers, and there's definitely gonna be one that's gonna have some sort of form of potato.
1: Well, hash yes. browns, hash browns basically a spud, isn't it? But, well, yeah, yeah, but they, they, yeah.
0: it's a big God, chip. Can I just say at this point, I fucking love hash browns.
1: Yeah, I think I do. They're the most underrated no, food ever. Really? I,
2: I, no, not big fan of hash browns. I, mean.
0: I think, I think if I had to keep my food groups to hash browns and sausage rolls, I'd, I, I if if if, <laughs> if, 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 if in some way they could be healthy, I'd just be the happiest little man alive.
2: My daughter's on potato waffles. Every meal, she seems to have potato waffles with it. I'm like...
0: I also love potato waffles.
1: Isn't it cheating, though, you potato waffle? In what way? Because it's, like? ju- it's just holes.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it's, it, it's the consistency of the bits around the holes. Oh, well,
1: I'm a big fan of them, but um, yeah. my, my problem is they can't contain a bean. That's my problem. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know what? You, and that, there, that, that
1: there is the title of the podcast. They cannot <laughs> contain a bean. <laughs> <laughs> you,
0: you raise a salient point. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, someone said it. Do you know what? It's taken us a full hour of twittering you know, <laughs> about all sorts of inanities till we finally got to the main fucking point of this <laughs> podcast, which is the inability of potato waffles to contain a bean.
1: <laughs> they're, uns- they're unsustainable, bean rub bean wise. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like I was gonna get Netflix recommendations, and everything, but quite frankly, we're done. It's all over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all over. We're gonna bail out this point, so uh
1: I feel should... like Daniel story put on his left foot back and thinking go on, I'll have a go for me that's exactly, it. and yeah. everyone, everyone
0: <laughs> when they saw you were saying don't talk about potato waffles <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah don't go for the easy whole potato option, no, you know, I'm going to say it it cannot sustain a bean
0: well it's worked out it's nestling in the top corner Yeah, exactly. I'm
1: now staring down the AI crowd Yeah. my hands across my chest yeah
0: how do you like that? Yeah, um, yeah. What's like? What, what was that thing you said before? Sometimes you just gotta ask them what time it is. Or, oh
1: yeah, the, yeah. Daniel's Three for the derby in the phone Sometimes yeah. you just got to tell them what time it is. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Love it's potato, it's not that. potato waffle time if there's a bean related incident going on at the same time. Yeah,
0: because they cannot contain them, listeners. Yeah. <laughs> uh So we should finish up for the uh, for the evening, and before I go, it's usually customary for me to ask if. The lads, have any final thoughts or plugs? Carl, you usually go first. We'll keep with tradition.
1: Um, with tradition, I'm just going to mention my book, which is called um, uh Falling Without Landing. It's got 14 reviews on Amazon, 13 of them at five stars. It's mm. five pounds, and I think you'll love it.
0: Lovely, lovely, lovely. What about yourself, Cam?
2: Okay, I've got quite a long one today, so please bear with me. Ooh, But the branch. But the mm-hmm. branch, sorry. Thank you. They're not that different from you, are they? Some haircuts, full of hormones, just like you. Invincible, just like you feel. The world is their oyster. They believe they're destined for great things, just like many of you. Their eyes are full of hope, just Mm -hmm. like you. Did they wait until it was too late to make from their lives even one iota of what you, of what they're capable? Because, you see, gentlemen, these boys are now fertilizing daffodils. But if you listen real close, You can hear them whisper their legacy to you. Go on, lean in, listen, you hear it, carpe, hear it, carpe, carpe diem, seize the day boys, make your lives extraordinary.
1: Can Can I add to that, we are but food for worms, he finishes that off, which I absolutely love.
0: I assume this is, uh, uh what's it called, um, Captain My Captain, what's the movie? Yeah,
1: um, um I know, Dead Poets Society. Dead Poets Society. That's the one. There you go, there you go. Well, in that case, can I, can I have a thinkable thinky one as well? Go on. Um, th- This is one of my favourite writers ever. I It's actually two quotes, I'm going to put them together. I write because I write, as anyone in the arts does. You're a painter because you feel you have no choice but to paint. You're a writer because it's, this is what you do. I write because I can't imagine not writing. And that's hmm. my, that's my credo. That's, that's Richard Price, who wrote Clockers and The Wire. That's nice. And he's fantastic. He's a fantastic writer.
0: I do um, like that a lot. Did you say you too?
1: That, well, that, I that, that line on its own is the second one. I write because I can't imagine not writing.
0: Ah, oh, I see. I see. I see. So I'll put, i
1: put them both together.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I, I eat, um, hash browns because I, I can't imagine. No, eating hash browns.
1: I can't eat potato waffles because, I, I mean, I may have touched on this before. <laughs> <laughs> because they cannot
2: contain the bees. I mean, <laughs> it's a very Uncle Monty thing, that, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Carl, Carl, yeah? how are you with spaghetti hoops? <laughs> I have issues. I thought you might. Yeah, I'm the same with um, polos. Yeah, I, I I prefer the hole in the polo.
1: I prefer a tree bomb mint because that way I'm getting a little bit more mints for my money, for my seven pence. That's what they used to be when I was a kid.
0: What I need to do here is cut across this, uh, intellectually stimulating, but probably not as profound as you both think it is conversation <laughs> <laughs> and finish up for the evening uh, with uh, the usual thanking of our listeners for their support. I've asked Mr. Tandon to, uh, to, uh, tell me how many of you are listening currently over the week. So I'm looking forward to hearing that. Hopefully it's an increasing number. And that's the whole purpose of why we're doing it. If you have an opportunity to tell someone about it, please do, uh, we just would all acknowledge that this evening we had a, a false start because we've got several different sound issues going on this evening. So please bear with us and uh, think about us in an indulgent way in that week. In that way, and next week we'll try and have everything uh, ship shape. I've been Trev Denny. Until we speak to you again, be kind to your fellow Reds and stay safe out there.
1: work.